What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here, courtesy of Fantasy Alarm on the Sawdust Podcast Network. What's up, Adam? How you doing tonight? Well, man, uh, short slate for the NBA, but a couple of exciting games. So looking forward to the uh, Brooklyn Lakers game. Brooklyn Lakers, no KD, no AD. Anybody else important that's missing from this uh, this contest? Oh, Kyrie Irving will play, so uh, should be a fun game. And Lakers are favored by three in this one, and the total is 230, which is a little low for a Nets game. Okay. Okay. Um, did you uh, throw down any props on this one? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I want to hear it. Well, for wager alarm, I, when I was writing, I didn't know about Kyrie Irving, so I would have get up, given out his prop. So I played his prop. Um, I, I played it over 27 and a half points on DraftKings, and then I did a FanDuel same game parlay, which I haven't done yet this year, I think, for hoops. So I decided to do it, and in that one, I took Nets plus three uh, over 230 and a half. Montrez Harrell over 15 and a half points and Kyrie Irving was over 28 and a half points on that one. Uh, picks that gave out on wageralarm.com was Dennis Schroeder over 17 and a half points. Montrez Harrell over 15 and a half points. Uh, and the juice moved. Like when I wrote it up, it was plus 100. I think it's minus 115 now. Then I gave out Jimmy Butler over 15 and a half points of rebounds. Um, so three plays there for tonight. But uh, yeah, and I did a parlay prop too i never do it i parlay three props together because i got a, a <laughs> i got a 20 percent DraftKings boost uh because of uh ben simmons getting scratched the other day so i said and it expired tonight so i said all right let me take three player props put them together and see what happens so yeah, yeah three games late but uh get some action in get some action in all right well um, i actually i, I was I like wish... oh, you know what maybe i'll just take the night off it's been a long day ah no nah, fuck that <laughs> <laughs> what a, right? Nah, screw that. What are the uh, what are the uh, odds on your parlay? Plus, two, uh, was plus like three, plus two sixty, plus three hundred, something like that. All right, man, I like it. I like it. Love it. Oh no, the Fanduel one was higher though. The Fanduel one was like, uh, oh yeah. So I did I did one parlay of, on DraftKings of three props, and then I did the single game. Did you ever do the? Oh no, you don't have you can't you don't have access to Fanduel, right? No, because stupid California can't get out of their own freaking way. Well, I mean, well, they already have you screwed over the Native Americans, so right, they're trying actually to not screw them over even more right now. I'm sure you've seen people screenshot stuff on that, right? Like you're familiar with the single game, same game parlay, like a lot of people were doing it for NFL. Um, I think you talked about it once before, but God refresh my memory, and maybe we've got a new listener here also. Yeah, so I mean, look, I've always said this. Uh, I had a very hot run last year during NBA season with parlays, but long term they're not profitable. Um, they want the books want you to do it because if you're not familiar with a parlay, you put you know two, three, four, five, whatever. Some people go crazy, put seven or eight. And it's, it's kind of bad marketing because you'll see it on social media. Oh, the FanDuel and DraftKings will always tweet them out. Oh, look at this. He had a 10-team parlay, put down $10 and won $10,000. Guys, it's not that easy. Okay, don't get fooled. <laughs> Just don't. And I've really kind of stayed away from parlays this year because um, NBA has been difficult enough with the sides and totals. 
uh, to hit one game that I've said, you know what, I'm going to stay away from parlays. But I had the profit boost, so sometimes I like to swing for the fences. So when it comes to parlays, don't do them every night. If you have a little, you know, maybe you see a game like the Brooklyn Lakers tonight and you have a feeling on it and there's a lot of things you like. Sure, you can, it's called the single game parlay. There's a lot of options to choose from. They don't give you everything, but there's, you know, this person to score 10 plus points with odds, you know, points for each player, rebounds, assists, made threes, first basket, win margin. So you can just, you know, first quarter money line, second quarter. So you could just put them together and put together what you want. So, uh, you know, I just did, you know, four. I did Nets plus three over 230 and a half, Kyrie Irving over 20 and a half. Montrez Harrell over 15 and a half points. It's plus 874 for that. But you need all four Ooh, to hit. So, I like it. So, but yeah, you know, it, you just want to do parlays once in a while. And you don't want to. It's so appealing. Trust me. You're like, oh, wow, look at this. He put 10. He got all 10 right. And look how much money he put down. And they'll tweet out, oh, this person put down $3 and won, you know, 2000 But you got to get every single one right. And yeah, when the, you see the results, oh yeah, I, I could have done that. That makes sense. I did like this team that I don't like that. It's not as easy as it looks. So I understand why they do it because they want people to think, oh, I can just put down a few bucks. But realistically, it's just not going to happen all the time. So, you know, you want to be smart. Everyone can say, oh, I, I hit this, I hit that. It happens once in a while. I, I did have a nice stretch last year where I was hitting 14 parlays and 15 parlays. And a lot of it, what I was doing was taking three money lines of favorites and finding either an underdog or a plus prop, you know, to bring the odds in my favor. But man, it is so difficult to do right now in the NBA. I mean, we could just talk about Wednesday night. Okay. Um, you know, the Knicks were favored by four. They lost by 18. Hawks were favored by two. They lost by eight. Uh, the Sixers were a heavy favorite. They covered. The Nuggets were a favorite over the Wizards. They lost straight up. Uh, the Pelicans were home favorites. They lost straight up to the Blazers. Uh, so you see that on a given night. And then even going back to Tuesday, you had the Bucks were, I don't know, six, seven-point favorites at home against Toronto. They lost straight up. The Suns were big favorites against the Nets once Kyrie Irving was ruled out. That line got up to seven. They blew a 24-point lead and lost by four. Uh, so whenever you think, oh, yeah, this is a heavy favorite in the NBA, it hasn't been the case this year. I mean, I, I lost the parlay this year where I had two two favorites of minus 400 or better. Clippers money line and the Bucks money line. They both lost. <laughs> so, you know, that's just the way the NBA has been this year, where yeah. it's just a lot of teams beating up on each other. Unless you're the Utah Jazz and you win every night. Dude, that's I watched it again yesterday. I was like, oh man, look at that. The jazz. Uh ridiculous. And then I saw your tweet about it as well. Um, but you know Clippers what? I mean, had this, a lead in that game. The problem is the Clippers didn't have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Like they, right. they can't beat the Jazz without those two. Nor was I expecting them with those two guys out. Even 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 I, who don't know basketball, I'm, you know, am hip to that. Let's see. But you actually Here's make up. a What's Utah, oh, Utah plays the Clippers again on Friday night in L.A. Mm. Kawhi, please play. I know George is not going to play, but Kawhi, please play. <laughs> I think you make a, a very good point here when you talk about the parlays and not doing them on a regular basis. And I think that's something, you know, I was doing uh, the Food for Thought segment on the on the Fantasy Alarm show. Uh, and it was just, you know, my, my quote was, slow and steady wins the race. 
And it's, you know, it's based in the exact same thing that you're talking about. You know, we've had a really nice run over at Fantasy Alarm with like esports and NBA and, you know, guys are hitting 15 grand and 12 grand and 30 grand. And, you know, and and it's, you know, on smaller buy-ins, you know, for for a lot of these. And, uh, you know, like and, and then all of a sudden people like, you know, you start seeing that and you subscribe or, you know, you, you, you play bigger or something like that. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hit for you immediately. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, what the fuck? I was supposed to, you know. Well, why is everybody else hitting these? And it's just, you know, you got to be careful. It's, it's a process. It's a process. And Adam's gone through the, the betting long enough to know, you know, that, that he can't sit there and bet parlays on a regular basis. Do you, do you fuck with a streak like you were on last year? No, you don't fuck with it. You just let it ride it out and that's it. But knowing that it's just a streak and it's not something smart that you should be doing on a regular basis, that's really... That to me is where it uh, it counts the most. So again, just you know, words for wise, smart wagering, smart DFSing. Now, don't go beyond your means. Don't get crazy. Don't get all caught up in it. Have fun. Get your action and uh, and move on. And move on. Um, all right, a lot of things. Just not a lot of things. A couple of things to talk about here uh, tonight. You know, we're we're all stoked about baseball, and you know, the last two nights we've been talking drafts and strategies and stuff like that well uh you know just because fernando tatis signs a 340 million dollar 14 year contract adam does not mean that the nfl is going to take that lying down and you can't take attention away from them so carson wentz traded to the colts today for a 2021 third rounder and a 2022 Second rounder, which could turn into a first rounder if Carson Wentz either plays 75% of the snaps or 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. So big news in the NFL. I'm curious as to your thoughts here uh, on this deal. Like, how do you like it for both teams? How do you like it for certain fantasy aspects? What's your uh, what's your thought? Uh, it's a pretty good deal, I think, for each side. Uh, we knew that the Eagles were going to have to move on, and uh, I think they got a, a solid return. Uh, for Wentz, it's uh, probably one of the better spots that he could have landed. He's obviously familiar with Frank Reich, and Reich probably f- expressed uh, confidence that they can get him to turn it around. I mean, clearly, the offensive line was a major issue, and when you're playing behind a poor offensive line, quarterbacks tend to perceive pressure when it's not there. And you're just so shook because you're so used to being under heavy duress all the time. And I, I think that's what happened to him. I mean, he had a bad year, you know, turnovers, fumbles. It was really bad. So getting him out of there uh, to a new team, better offensive line, I still think they need to upgrade the weapons on offense. T.Y. Hilton's a free agent. Pittman will be in his second year. I think he'll be good. I do like Paris Campbell, and they should be getting him back. Tight ends. Uh, they probably need another piece or two on the offense. You got a solid running game with Jonathan Taylor. So I think it puts Wentz in as good a spot as we could have envisioned for him. And I don't think it's great. I don't think he's a QB1, though. I think he's like a high to mid-range QB2. Um, so I would be open to take him as a backup, understanding that he does have – Upside for sure. Um, if he can get back to the level that he played at, he has had a lot of injuries though in his career. That's another thing too. 
to keep in mind. I mean, concussion back. So he's had some issues here. Um, and we can't just think, all right, that's it. He, he's good to go now. But I do think uh, it's a good spot for him, considering what else could have been out there. Yeah, considering what else could have been out there definitely says a lot. I mean, listen, Colts need to replace Costanzo on the uh, on the offensive line. But, you know, you look at pro football focus, it's the seventh best offensive line. They ranked seventh in pass blocking. They ranked like third in run blocking uh, this past season. You know, you compare that to the offensive line of, of the Eagles, who – uh, ranked significantly lower, and if Jason Peters wasn't in the line, you know, wasn't on the field, then th- that offensive line just fell to shit. And just like you said, you know, even even if you're not under duress, you feel like you're going to be because they've been bum rushing you the entire time. So, you know, I like the upgrade at the offensive line there. I think that I think that Jonathan Taylor is a better running back to lean on than Miles Sanders. I think Sanders works better with Jalen Hurts and. Uh, and, and, you know, Taylor and, and Wentz together, uh, the weaponry, like, that's what we need to see. Like I, you like Mike, I, I think you like Michael Pittman. You like Michael Pittman? Yes. Okay. Well, T Y Hilton's a free agent. They got Michael Pittman. There's Zach Pascal. They've got Paris Campbell. Um, you know, Colts have the second highest cap, you know, have the second highest number, uh, of available to them under the salary cap, uh, which was, Announced that what like 185 million uh, is where it's at. Uh, if the Colts go out, like let me ask you this: If the Colts go out and they get themselves like an Allen Robinson, uh, does that possibly bump Carson Wentz's value up to you a little bit more? Does that put him on the uh, on the cusp of being a QB one? Yeah, I don't put him close. I mean, Allen Allen Robinson would be a huge upgrade. I mean, a trio of Robinson, Pittman, Campbell would be. Phenomenal with Taylor. Yeah, you would love this offense, and especially if they do add to the offensive line. So, yeah, I do think they they need another piece to that offense. Yeah, oh, they definitely do. They definitely do. And, you know, and listen, you know, the funny thing was we were talking about it, you know, earlier in the day, um, wondering, you know, if, if, if the uh, if the Eagles could, you know, get a bigger return. You know, I mean, listen, everybody's comparing it basically to the return that the Rams got, uh, that the uh, that the the Lions got for Stafford. I mean, that return was just insane. It was absolutely insane. And the Rams, like, you know, just, you know, Rams were just like, yeah, yeah, here, here's my wife too. sleep with her while you're while you're at it. Um, so the Eagles weren't getting that back. But we know that they want to shop Zach Ertz. And I'm wondering, you know, if they could have gotten more, you do that, that package deal, especially to a team like the Colts. Who I mean, listen, you know Trey Burton, yeah, Jack Doyle. He's he's banged up all the time, even more so. Uh, I, you know, I like Moali Cox, but you know, I mean, is that well, you know? Do you think they could have gotten a bigger return if they just packaged that up? Here's here's like Frank White, right? Right here, here you go. Here's Wentz and, and Ertz for you. Yeah, he probably didn't want Ertz. Is my guess at this point. You know, getting later in his career, he's been banged up. He's one of those tight ends. Doesn't move very well. Now, maybe he could be like Jason Witten, right? And just get open <laughs> on route savviness. But Wow. Um, How the mighty have fallen <laughs> from, from Zach Ertz to Jason Witten. Yeah, right? No, that's probably where his career is headed. He doesn't yeah. do anything after the catch. He does not. No, he grabs now. nowadays. I mean, well, you know, I mean, listen, the question is, is, can he return to 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 a past form? 
Like, I know he missed time this year. He missed, like, five games this year. But, you know, with all the splitting with him and Goddard and, you know, adjusting his role and this and that, if he goes somewhere and he's featured again like he used to be, you know, can he can he bounce back to that? I don't think so. No. All right. All right. So, all right. So, Colts looking good right now. If they get themselves a wide receiver, uh, even better. What about uh, what about Philly? Now, take your Dallas Cowboys fan hat off, and let's just kind of, you know, look at the Eagles here who are in a massive rebuild. You've got, you know, from the offensive standpoint, you've got Jalen Hurts, you've got Miles Sanders, you've got Jalen Rieger, and you've got Dallas Goddard. Like, those are the only four, like, really worth talking about from a fantasy angle here. Um, but the question is, is, you know, is it just like a – a complete rebuild and you want to stay away from it or can the Eagles do anything? I mean, they got a lot of, a lot of cap problems. They got issues, but can they, you know, can these guys give you fantasy, uh, fantasy goodness like you need? Oh, they can. I mean, if Jalen hurts is going to be the quarterback, we know he can run. Well, we'll see if they do indeed believe he is the guy. They do have a, the six pick overall. Do they decide to go quarterback? We'll see. But my guess is hurts will be the guy. And because he can run, it puts him in the QB1 conversation. Uh, but they do have some work to do. Uh, they had a lot of injuries this year at the wide receiver position. We didn't see enough of Rager. Um, but Goddard certainly is a, a top tight end. So uh, they probably do need to to add something here. But I think having Hurts at quarterback and his ability to run makes him appealing for fantasy. You got. I mean, listen, he's going to have to run. Dude, this offensive line, they're already they're, they're talking about trading Jason Kelsey. They're already dealing with that. Um, you can't bring back Jason Peters anymore. I mean, that dude is, I mean, that's like, <laughs> seriously, looking at Jason Peters on the offensive line at times is like a, like something out of weekend at Bernie's, right? It's like, how much more can this dude take? This offensive line is going to be a mess. And the problem is, is that they have, like, they're so far over the cap right now and, you know, getting, uh, getting, you know, Wentz's numbers off the books for the future is great. They're still taking uh, a $33.4 million like, dead cap hit uh, this year. So they are, they, they don't even have, they don't have anything to, to pick up free agents with. It'd be brutal. Yeah, they better draft smart. It's going to be another year of loving on Alshon Jeffrey. Come on. Yeah, I'm sure he'll make it through the season. <laughs> I'm drafting him early, man, right? Rebound season for Alshon Jeffrey. What could possibly go wrong with that? Nothing at all. <laughs> oh, man. All right. The other big news, well, I'll get to it in a second here. I just want to give it before that. I want to pay some bills, keep the lights on here, and say big shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site you need to be playing on, baby. You need to be playing on it, and here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports, too. 
Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play Play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, Adam, let's shift back over to baseball here. Talk to me. Your thoughts on this, uh, this uh, Fernando Tatis deal. And please don't tell me how old you're going to be when this deal ends. I'm not. I don't know why people are saying that. You see that shit on Twitter? Like, what kind of idiots are these? I don't know, man. Who cares? I'll be 51 when, like, that's what I saw. The first tweet I saw was somebody was like, I'll be 51 when when Fernando Tatis's uh, deal comes to an end. Like, who gives a shit? What does that matter? Yeah, I don't know. I guess because the 14 years, like, it's a big deal. Like, who cares, man? Just move on, man. What are we doing? I don't understand it. Trying to be funny? It's not. It's really not funny. I don't even like. I, I mean, I guess if I mean if it's meant as a joke or something. I don't know. I, I I kind of feel like maybe it's one of those internet jokes that I'm too old to get. Like you know, it's just you know the the generation of just trolling somehow. I don't know. But what do you think about the uh, the deal? You know, I mean, listen, that's it's a powerful deal. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of years. He's a fantastic talent. Um. You know, the question I guess is, is, I mean, is this, uh, is this a good deal for him? Is this a good deal for the Padres? Does this make, um, does this make Ronald Acuna's agent a total idiot who settled for just a hundred million on eight years? Yeah. I mean, the Ozzy Albies and Acuna contracts don't look good, um, I understand they just look at it probably as like, hey, we're getting a lot of money that we would have never seen and we got it. So I understand that. Uh, But yeah, when you're comparing them, they don't look good at all. Um, It's tough to know right now if this is good or not for both sides. I mean, obviously, you could look at it and go, uh, Tatis should have waited. You know, what if he puts up another huge year? Why did he take the long term money? He could have done better. At the same time, we don't know where the economy's headed, where baseball's headed could be a strike you're getting all this money guaranteed you know what if he goes out there this year doesn't have a good year gets hurt so uh i it, there's a lot of factors here when you're looking at it so i'll never blame a guy that's going to take 340 million guaranteed um and we might look back on it i mean it's crazy to say but it's all compare comparison sake but we could look back at three years and go, wow potter's got a real bargain here Tatis is just an absolute stud you know Hall right. of Fame path. So um, it's it's tough to really kind of evaluate now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, you can't really uh, sit there and determine, you know, I mean, I remember when um, I think it was the Yankees when they signed. You remember when they gave Jacoby Ellsbury like, like yeah. seven years? Mm-hmm. And people were like, you know what? If he produces for three of those seven years – and he plays a full season, then he's already making that 
that money up. And, and you know, and I, I don't want to, I, I hate looking at it like that. I really do. I mean, you know, listen, what this does is it, it, it keeps the Padres from having to go to the arbitration table with this dude. Right. I mean, if you believe in his talent that much, then, you know, yeah, you want to lock him up, you know, full time and, and long term and, and make that happen. But, you know, I mean, fingers crossed that there's no work stoppage. You know, can you imagine this, Adam, like coming out of the pandemic, right? And all of a sudden you can put, you know, butts in the seats again at your stadium. I mean, there you are with this team that A.J. Preller has put together, that you've got Tatis there. You brought in Darvish. You've got Blake Snell on the mound um, as well. You've got all of this just, you know, you know, fantastic talent on the field. And, and a legit shot to win it all. And you've got all these starting pitchers who you have. You've got them locked up for like three years. And, uh, I mean, you could, you could, you're, you're giving a, a first-rate product. You could, you could raise the price on your seats. Like, insane. Like, you could, I mean, and, and people are going to come see it because people are going to be so thirsty for live games again and being able to go to the stadium. That, uh, I tell you, man, it's uh, it's it's a... It's a very good invest. I think it's a good investment for the Padres. Yeah. Uh, again, it's showing them. I mean, they've clearly shown this entire offseason. They're all about winning. Unfortunately, they have the Dodgers in front of them. So might prevent it. But they've done everything they can to bolster this team. And now the star young player at 22 years old. Who, yeah, we haven't seen him for uh, a complete full season yet. Uh, but the guy just looks outstanding and puts up ridiculous numbers, plays hard all the time. Uh, so, I mean, people might be like, oh, you didn't need to give him that many years, but shown a long-term commitment and belief in him. And uh, they probably feel like, hey, if we wait too long, we're going to want to paint even more. So let's just lock it down now. Let me ask you a question. In a fantasy league, you have three fantasy leagues. The buy-in is the exact same. The rules are the exact same. You land the number one pick in all three drafts. Do you just go with Acuna there in all three? Or do you uh, think about the possibility of switching things up and going with Tatis as the number one overall pick? I actually might go with Soto as the number one pick. Oh, because he's going to steal bases now? Well, no, before that, because I actually thought he would, to be honest. I, I know, I don't know if we discussed it on here, but I know I've talked about it. I mean, the guy can run. I mean, we saw a couple years ago, I think, what do you have, 12 stolen bases two years ago? And he ran a little bit last year, too. So um, I think he would have, I would have penciled him in for about 10 without this. I mean, I love hearing uh, Dave Martinez said that he wants to run more and he should. Why not? You know? So I just think he (laughs) what? It was kind of funny because I I brought that up to to Bowden today and he immediately went to scott boris and he was like listen they just see that they see the contract with uh you know with tatis everybody talks about coveting stolen bases this and that juan soto who's gonna you know be up for a contract soon right is uh you know or at least uh you know like a renegotiation or you know if the team wants to keep them long term they got to make that move so you bet your ass you better start stealing more bases because that's going to increase your AAV. It's going to increase the overall amount of your contract. So, 
he kind of laughed about that being a uh, you know kind of like a uh, an agent's you know twist and turn there with having Dave Martinez say that. Yeah, and the thing is too, you know, we know he walks a lot, and that could also be a deterrent. Like, all right, you're gonna walk me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take second base. Now what? You know, now I'm in scoring position. So uh, the guy's just an elite hitter, man. I mean. 415 OBP for his career, 557 slugging. I mean, for his age, more walks than strikeouts. I mean, very few guys do that anymore. He had 41 walks last year and 28 strikeouts, man. I mean, uh, I don't know if we've even seen the ceiling for him yet. So uh, I think he's definitely in the conversation for the number one pick uh, in my eyes. I think it's between him, Acuna, and Tatis. I and love I, it. I, I love the fact that you love Soto this much. I had no idea. Once Soto won me NL Labor his rookie year. Right. You went heavy on bidding on him. I right? went heavy on him. I had everything else was like locked up, really strong draft. Team was really good. Stayed in, you know, I was in first place right from the get-go. And and I and I ended up, I was like, this, you know, like Jim was talking about it. And Jim was like, this is a generational talent. This is a guy where who, you know. Some people aren't on. He's like, I've been on him the entire time. From the moment I saw him swing a bat when he was 16, I said, this kid is going to hit hit. This kid is going to be amazing in his career. And uh, and he never wavered from that opinion. So, you know, when it was time for Soto's call up and he was eligible to be bid on in labor, I just I threw the rest of my money on. I took I was like, fuck it, man. I'm going to take that chance. And uh, and it was unbelievable. They tried. They almost caught me at the very end, Adam. But Juan Soto, man, he that dude locked me in. Yeah, I I have a home league. It's a keeper league, and we do a two round minor league draft. And I took him. I, I think I had the first or second pick that year. And uh, then I have him right now as a five dollar keeper, and it goes up four dollars each year. So he'll be on my team for a while. Oh, five, it goes up four dollars. So next year nine, then thirteen, thirteen, then seventeen. Once it gets once it gets over twenty, you add six. Okay, still, but I mean, you know, owning him as he goes into the his prime years, right? I and mean, it's all, and it's an on base percentage league. Oh come on now, <laughs> what league is this? My home league. It's your home league. Yeah. Stakes. Oh. Uh, it's not a lot of money, um, but I have. I mean, I have to decide on my keepers, but I have Soto at five. Trout is 33. Yelich is 26. Tucker is 10. Teoscar Hernandez is one. Cole is, and I know there's someone, at least one person in our home league that's listening to this shit now. Uh, (laughs) uh, Cole is 37. Um, I feel like I have to keep one pitcher, man. Like if I throw Cole back, he's because it's a 300 payroll for 30 players. We don't do the reserve. We just auction everyone off. And Cole's going to go because you know, there's inflation in these keeper leagues. There's going to be a lot of like Soto for me, a great is five. But there's like Trout. You're going to be like, yeah, you got to keep Trout at 33. They're going to be people who have keepers for like $10 or less. There's a lot of inflation. Cole's going to go if I throw him back 50 55 with the way pitching is coveted this year. There's yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mind. would toss Cole back too. Yeah. You would? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, you know just I mean, keep five bats. Yeah, I, I kind of would. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, the question is, I mean, you know, how long have you been doing this, you know, with these guys? Do 
Do you know them all well? How much, you know, how much starting pitching do you think is going to be kept? Uh, I'd have to go and look at people's rosters, but probably, I mean, I'm pretty sure DeGrom's going to be kept. What's his price? I don't even know. I haven't gone through the rosters yet, but I'm telling you, if I throw Cole back, he's going 50, 55 bucks in the auction. DeGrom's 29. So I would think he's kept because we didn't increase prices this year because we only had a two month season. So I put it to vote. I'm like, what do you guys want to do? And voted, you know, keep prices the same, you know, because we only played two months. So no increase in salary this year. I mean, you got to keep DeGrom at 29, man, I think. I mean, I could look and see if the guy's roster. I kind of do it when I'm looking for trades. I look through rosters. Some of them are like, man, they have nothing. <laughs> Meanwhile, well, guy, you're like rattling off yeah. like seven first rounders. I, and I can like, only keep five, man. That's the problem. So I'm willing to do a trade, like a two for one. But uh, this guy's got Harper for 33. J.D. Martinez, 33. Winker for one. There's not a lot here. Shit. Oh. DeGrom at 29. You got to keep. You got to keep DeGrom at 29. Man, this Paddock for 17. That's not. Blake Snell for 19. Man, he doesn't have a lot of keepers, man. This guy should be setting trade offers out, man. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy in my league. I'm not kidding, man. I I know Fred Zinke trades a lot. No one trades more than this guy, bro. He, oh, I've got, I've got one of those in uh, dude. It is in, fucking insane. It, like, <laughs> dude, I, like I if I send you like all the trade, he like all the trades that have been made so far in this offseason, Just opened it like a week or two. Have all been him. I think he's got three or four trades on the table right now. Let me see. Um, yeah, one, uh, two, three. He got three trades on the table right now. <laughs> Like God bless him, right? Dude, it's over now. He won this league once, um, but like the last two years have been disastrous for him. So what he does is he keeps a lot of cheap players, makes a lot of trades, and then in the auction he goes big on like like he spends all his money early, and then he's down to like sixteen players for sixteen dollars and takes all the one dollar players. Now you could say, oh well, in a mix, this is fourteen team league with thirty man rosters, so mm-hmm. it's kind of deep. You know, there's players on waivers, but I just don't like that. Like, you're you're risking way too much. Like, you need all, you need a lot to go right. Like, two of your players get hurt for an extended period of time, you're in trouble. And, you know, I guess he's probably hit on some young keep, you know. Like, he was, like, so we do a minor league draft. He drafts those minor leaguers in the auction, bro. And someone got pissed. They're like, yo. We're going to have no one left in the minor league draft. Why do you let this guy do it? I'm like, dude, it's an auction. If he wants to sink his roster, this is a daily roster move league. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to have players on your roster that are not active, I think it's a like you're screwing yourself. So if he wants to do it, do it. Like, what am I What am I supposed to say? You can't draft minor leaguers? Like, so no, how, bro. How, big is the, how deep is the bench? Uh, t- Six. We start 24, six guys on the bench. So 30-man rosters, 14-team league. Okay, so so but so he takes four of those bench spots on the hottest rookies. Sometimes more. Like I'm looking at his, so he has Andrew Vaughn on his right. roster right now, who goes for a buck. Um, he'll 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 according to Jim, who spoke with uh with Rick Hahn, uh, Andrew Vaughn has up. got every chance in the world, and he's going to be the starting DH. Yeah, he's got Tatis for one dollar. Oh Jesus, Biggio for five. Uh, let me see. Vaughn is one. I don't know if we'll keep Vaughn though. Does he's this guy? Keep... Does this guy win the league? No, he's only won one time. Okay, I've won this league every year except one since two thousand and four, I think. Let me okay. see. Two, 
since 2000, oh, it was 2006 on this side. I thought it was longer. Someone told me it was longer, but I'm looking here, 2006. Yeah, he won in 2007. No, 2016, he won. Damn, this dude's already been in the league for, damn, time flies, bro. Oh, yeah, father time, baby. He's the only undefeated fighter. Damn. I don't know if he won it in his first year or second year, but he won in 16. I'm assuming his second. So he's been in this league now for seven years? Shit. But yeah, I have, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, most of the, I mean, a, a big contingent in the group has remained for a long time. Um, so, you know, we do the, we used to do the auction in person, didn't have enough people, put it online, and now we just keep it online. Yeah, interesting. Very, so I had, a, I had a guy in my league who was like that too. He would, so, so we used to do, when we first started out, we used to do a blind bid auction. Which, you know, just it was it was crazy. The anxiety that you had putting together this bid sheet. What would happen is, is, you know, we started two at every position with six outfielders and nine pitchers. Standard five by five roto categories. Um, we had some weird free agency rules that, you know, but you know, it was it was a, it was very high stakes league because anything that you spent on a free agent um and we had unlimited free agent dollars because it was, uh, you know, real money that you were paying for these guys. So, like, Albert Pujols, his first year um, went for, like, $580, real dollars, into the pot just for him. He bought him, and and that was it. So, you know, we, we you know, a bunch of us had never done the blind bid sheet before, Um the, this one old guy who just does nothing but trade uh, and loves to trade. Uh, he he went at it with his bid sheet where he just, he bid up like he, you know, the first year that we did it, he put tons of money on like the top five or six guys and then fucking $1 on everybody else. And what he did was before we had like anything like an innings minimum or, you know, anything like that. And he just went $1 for all the closers. And he just, that was it. And that was his strategy was to to do that. And his first year, that year, like he, he hit on like all of like his top guys. And then he hit on like a bunch of closers. So he had like all these amazing trade chips who were like top closers out there. He had all of these top hitters and then all of his other like $1 picks, you know, because it was a blind bid. He just, you know, it was like game theory. And you're like, oh, I'll just throw the buck on this guy here and it won't happen. Like, this is the league that um, the year that they were rookies, I put a dollar on Hanley Ramirez and a dollar on Dan Ugla with the Marlins. And I hit on both of those. So imagine like starting from scratch and all the top players and he hits on those guys and then like trying to dethrone him, you know, over the years watching, you know, all of these guys like Manny Ramirez and you know, Juan Gonzalez and Ken Griffey Jr., all of these guys, like, you know, uh, on this dude's team, it was it was sick. It was absolutely sick. And then once we finally, like, cycled through it all and, and you know, he started, you know, making all these crazy trades and whatever, he won, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, four out of the first five years. And, you know, people were like, oh, we're going to have to do, like, an innings minimum because the Charlie method doesn't work again. And I'm like, well, you can't, like, create a rule just to stop this one dude. You got to, you know, change your bidding around. Stop bidding, like, a, you know, the same way you do it every year. You know what he's going to do. 
So figure it out. And like he would keep all his guys so that he would like in the draft, he would keep as many, you know, the max of like nine. So then he would have like 25 bucks for one guy and then a dollar for everybody else. And sure as shit, he would do that. He'd come in there and he would be like 25 bucks on Shannon Stewart and a dollar on everybody else. And he would just, he'd be the last guy, like pick it up scrapes and what is, you know, scraps and shit like that. And, uh, but like guys fall through the cracks when you do a blind bid. So like somebody might not have gotten bid on who could normally have been like figuring like a second or a third round pick and nobody bid on because figure everybody's like, well, everybody's going to bid on him. Everybody loves him. So like, I mean, it's, it was, it was insane, insane, but this guy comes in and he just he hit every time with these $1 picks. And it was, uh, it was crazy. It was so frustrating to have to watch because, you know, knowing that he was keeping these guys for nothing yeah, year after year. Yeah. Sometimes that crazy plan works, right? And <laughs> it sucks if you're in that room, you're like, damn it, man. Like what the hell? So um, yeah, sometimes people have off the wall strategies and it look up from the outside, it looks like, well, you need a lot of things to go right. Well, sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. <laughs> yeah. Uh ah, Charlie. God bless him. What a great and and you know the funniest part was because he loved trading, but this is like in the days where you know, it wasn't just about trading emails and stuff like that. Like he he comes from the school of, you know, I'm going to talk to you on the phone for like an hour and a half until we get a trade done. <laughs> it's just crazy. Crazy. Ah, the things we miss, Adam. The things we miss. Nuts. Nuts. People still talk on the phone? <laughs> I, I know, right? I think I, you know, it was so funny. I was sitting there with my wife the other, you know, it, was, it was last weekend. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I was like, I haven't spoken to my buddy Drew in a while. I haven't spoken to this guy in a while. And, uh, and so we just sat there, like, you know, and just put it on speaker and we called a bunch of our friends, like just in a row. That was it. And uh, we caught up with everybody and that was that. And I think that's like the first time that I like really like spent time on the phone. Uh, you know, conversing. It's always text now. Got to go in personal, right? I don't want to have to like show emotion. Exactly. That's how people are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I don't know. Carson Wentz news, Fernando Tatis news. Anything else going on? Oh, JT Robito broke his thumb. Does, does that bother you at all? Nah, it sounds like he'll be ready for the start of the year. Not someone I was drafted anyway, so those that do target him, maybe you get him at a little bit of a discount, but sounds like he should be ready to go for the start of the season. So maybe he drops, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight picks maybe. So if you are on Real Minuto, maybe this is a buying opportunity for you. Yeah, I don't like taking the catcher that early either. I tried that, I think, in a couple of leagues last year. Not last year, the year before, just to – you know, just the tip, just to see how it feels. Didn't feel good. Nah. Didn't it just did? You know what it was? Uh, it, it real as good of a year as Romuto had that year that I that I was grabbing him. I, there just wasn't enough of an impact to to want you know to to justify taking a catcher in the fourth round or the fifth round, whatever it was. 
Yeah, I can't do it. I mean, I know there are teams that have done it and been successful, but it just doesn't fit into my plan. I just think you're passing on players with better stats in that round. I know Real Muto is a difference maker at the catcher, but you can still find ways to piece the catcher together without passing on someone who's better in that round. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, there you go, peoples. Right. Good stuff all around. Always great the chance to great chance to talk to Adam and uh, and and hash it out. Uh, Adam's got to get ready. He's got Nets Lakers coming up pretty soon. I know he's going to need to sit and focus on that game. You going to do some in game betting too, Adam? Probably not. Good. <laughs> Good. I've already um, got enough on that game. I'm just going to sit back and watch and hope hope it pans out. Right. Uh, you know what? All right. So it was it was Markeith Morris. 15 plus? No, Montrez Harrell. That's what I said, Montrez Harrell. You're making fun of my speech impediment now? Yeah, exactly. Fucked up, dude. You <laughs> messed up. Give me the parlay again so I know what I'm rooting for. Uh, Kyrie Irving over 28 and a half points. Montrez Harrell over 15 and a half points. Nets plus three. Lakers Nets over 230 and a half. Nets plus three. Oh, sorry. It's Nets, Nets plus three. The over. Kyrie 25, you said? 28 and a half. 28 and a half. And I also did it separately on DraftKings over 27 and a half. But I did a three prop parlay on DraftKings, and the first part of it is already fucked up, man. OG at a newbie. I did over 19 and a half points, rebounds, assists. He has two fucking rebounds at halftime. All right. Well, That's it. Yeah, I need him to wake up. I mean, Toronto's kicking the shit out of Milwaukee, 58 41. Been saying all year, Milwaukee's not as good, man. And they just. I mean, they just they lost to Toronto the other day by 11. They lost to the Thunder, I don't know how, by five. They lost to the Jazz, okay. They lost to the Suns by, wow, I didn't, they're on a four-game losing streak. They lose tonight, that's five in a row. They, they're, they're just not the same team as last year, man, especially on the defensive side. They, they got some issues right now. All right. Well, now you know what? I'm telling you what, man. I'm going to be playing a little online poker a little later on. I'll put the game on. I will send you... All the good vibes for your parlay, Adam. I hope you hit, and uh, and if it does, then uh, then you owe me a drink, maybe. Maybe, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, next time I see you in 2028. Yeah, yeah. When I see you in eight years, I'll remind myself to buy you that drink. But that's gonna do it for us here today. <laughs> the Annie Up Podcast. Thanks to everybody out there for liking and subscribing. Thanks to Shannon Blunt. For all the work she does helping uh, edit this sucker at the end. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Annie Up, and we'll catch you next time.